Are you ready to redefine failure and discover how to tap into confidence? I'm chatting with Dr. Brittany Ezel, who shares her unique perspective on failure, courage, and yes, quitting. Dr. Brittany Ezel is a former college basketball head coach, a dynamic public speaker with a doctorate in leadership. With a remarkable history as an SEC athlete, she now embarks on a new journey in entertainment ticketing and real estate, leveraging her nearly three decades of leadership in collegiate sports. Renowned for talent development and adept event management, Brittany is recognized for her investment in people, effective communication, and instant rapport building. Named Executive Vice President of Elite Entertainment Experiences and later CEO and Team Leader at Keller Williams Johnson City, she embodies a winning mindset, fostering transformative relationships, and as you're about to experience, exuding infectious enthusiasm. In this episode, Brittany and I discuss how failure is not the end, courage is a choice, confidence is rooted in past success, the importance of mentorship, and the distinction between quitting versus pivoting. Dr. Brittany Ezell will be a keynote at the Maine Women's Conference on October 25th in Portland, Maine. This conversation is a little taste of what she's going to share at the conference. And, and I encourage you, if you are not already in Maine or vacationing in Maine at that time, to come to Maine to the conference and see Brittany in person. The link to get your ticket is in the notes for this episode. So scroll down to access that link and be sure to enter the code that is in there as well. Okay, on to my conversation with Brittany. If you are new to the Women Taking the Lead podcast, hello and welcome. I'm Jody Flynn. I'm the CEO and founder of Women Taking the Lead, a leadership development company that works with organizations and boards to close the performance gap by attracting, developing, and successfully promoting more women into senior levels of leadership. I help organizations realize these benefits through coaching, consulting, leadership development programs, and keynotes. I am now the past president of the board for the Maine Women's Conference, and I have the privilege and joy to work with women leaders to hone the skills and the mindset that allow them to grow into and then thrive in senior leadership. My specialization is working with women who are still stabilizing after their last promotion and those who want to be ready for the next one. If we are not already connected on LinkedIn, please send me an invitation to connect. You can find me directly at linkedin.com forward slash IN forward slash Jody Flynn, or you can search on the platform for Jody Flynn. I'm very active on LinkedIn, so I should be at or near the top of the search results. Be sure to add a note to the invitation, letting me know you're a listener of the podcast. I would love to connect with you and get to know you better. Welcome to the Women Taking the Lead podcast, Brittany. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I'm thrilled. So thrilled. And so just to kick off, like, Everyone's heard your professional bio so far, and they really get like, 
gosh, you've done some really amazing things in the world. We've had good things said about you. Is there anything else you'd add about yourself and what you're up to in the world? Oh, gosh. Um, I'm pretty dorky. I'm pretty normal. I'm pretty amazed that I'm on a podcast like this still. Um, But my bio is really not about me. Mm. Um, it's about all the wonderful people that have contributed to my life, good and bad. And I am a very, um, grateful failure is what I am. And, um, yeah, so work in progress to say the least, Jody, really, really, um, just flattered, uh, to be, uh, on the podcast and to get the opportunity to do some things that are coming up for us. So yeah. Yes. Speaking of which, keynoting the main women's conference, which I'm super excited about. So you actually just segued into what I wanted to chat with you about because your keynote, the the gist of your keynote is going to be all around redefining failure. Yeah. So you've already like been a little tongue in cheek about it. So I feel comfortable saying like, Brittany, you're an expert on failure. Like, and that is your message. You know, I I, I really am. Um, my entire professional career has been in kind of competitive arenas um, where there's a scoreboard and there's a, a definitive winner or loser. And when I was able to kind of step back and look at it, it it's not that bad. It, it's not that bad. My world didn't end. I woke up every day after a loss. Um, and learn something. And so that's been kind of my message is getting people to understand that failure is not the worst thing that can happen to you. Mm. And it's not even the opposite of success. It's not. It's part of it. You can't be successful unless you've really experienced failure. And um, so I credit all my success to, you know, failing fast, failing forward. And most of the time failing really hard. Um, the opposite of success is quitting. And uh, so that's what I'm just trying to redefine is letting people know it's not that bad. Yeah. Okay. So a couple things I want to underscore there because I know for myself and a lot of women (laughs) listening, there's probably some perfectionists and recovering perfectionists listening right now. (laughs) Yeah. And for a perfectionist, failure feels like the worst. Like logically, we know it's not the worst, but (laughs) failure just feels so mortifying. And, you know, as we know, for perfectionists, a lot of times we'll avoid really living full out because we're trying to avoid failure. And what you've just shared with us is, and I want to repeat that, (laughs) failure is not the opposite of success. Quitting is the opposite of success. Say more about that. Let's talk, dig in there. Oh, you want to you want to dig into that? Let, let's try not to make it too painful for me, Jody. Okay, because I am a recovering perfectionist. <laughs> yeah. I do relapse, uh, much like jumping on this call with my my technology issues. That was giving me anxiety. But mm. I've, I've learned not to apologize for my shortcomings or things that I I necessarily can't control. I, I I'll say I appreciate your grace. Thank you for your patience. Mm. I'm not apologizing. I couldn't control it. Um, And so a lot of times what we have to wrap our head around is there's things that happen in our lives that we just can't control physically. We can't plan for. So we have to stop letting it take up space in our in our emotional life and our mental well-being. You couldn't control it. Why are you apologizing for it? It's okay. It's okay. And, um, you know, I I guess the best way that, that I look at it is. How are you, how are you ever really going to appreciate success? 
how are you ever really going to appreciate the top unless you've experienced the bottom? And you know the doldrums and how lonely it can be and how dark a place it is. But what failure really does for me, it gives me an opportunity to call on courage. And, and that's really what it is. People say, oh, you got, you're brave. You're going to go do this. You don't just wake up one day and say, golly, I just have all this courage and I'm super brave. No, 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 no. I've had to pick myself up and find some courage. And uh, that's the only way that you can really kind of ignite confidence is fail, muster up some courage and uh, go reignite your confidence because confidence is nothing but a memory of a previous success. And we've all had them. And we've just got to call on those when we need that uh, right after a failure. All right. That's another quotable. Confidence, oh, okay, is, <laughs> confidence is nothing but a memory of a previous success. That is so in alignment with a lot of things that I say with my clients, because, you know, as women in leadership, you know, one of the things that we want most is just to feel confident, right? Feel comfortable in our skin, confident in what we're doing, like this self-assurance that we're doing a good job and we're going to be okay. Mm -hmm. But confidence comes after you've taken action. Right. Yeah, it's exactly. not something you can think your or will yourself into. It's like, I'm going to sit here pumping my arms till I feel confident. No, that's, that's not confidence. That's just trying to get the adrenaline. Pump. Yeah. That, yeah. That is, uh, that, that's almost trying to release so many endorphins that you don't even know what you're doing. So yeah, I, I understand. Um, you know, I, nothing that I really talk about Jody is, is novel. I can just take, complex things. And the way that we say it in the South is we can bring it down so the goats can get it. All right. So mm -hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break it down real simple for you. I can't take your confidence away, nor can I give you confidence. I can just remind you of who you are. And your confidence has to come from within. What have you done really well? What is your signature strength? What are you walking in? What are you standing on that is uniquely you? And then you have to remember to draw from that. That is your superpower. That is you. Um, you know, I, I'll get a lot when I go to do keynotes. People are like, oh, I heard you're a motivational speaker. I'm like, why do I have to motivate you to do something you want to do? Mm. Like, I'm reminding you. I'm reminding you of what you said you wanted. And if one little failure knocks you off of that path, you didn't want it in the first place. So... <laughs> I don't see, I, I really don't see confidence being that hard. I don't, um, when you realize that you were created uniquely with this special skill set, with this signature strength. I always struggle when people say, oh, I lack confidence. No, you don't. You just lack memory of what you're capable of doing. So mm -hmm. I'm here to remind you. Mm -hmm. And that's what good coaches do. They remind you of who you are. So I spent... 23 years coaching um, and coaching some of the most fragile. I mean, we all remember what it was like to be 18 to 22. Um, but I always thought too, that a good coach was created because anatomically we can't pat our own back or kick our own butt. And that's what a coach has to do sometimes yeah. to remind you of who you are. And when you fail, be there to say, do it again, do it again. And when you succeed, say, do it again, do it again. So just don't quit. Yeah. That's where it I, all comes from. 
You know, people talk about like mentors and what they're usually thinking about is like those official mentors where they've been assigned to us and we're paired up. You're my mentor. I'm your mentee. But I think back in my life, like the biggest, I would call them mentors, even though we didn't have an official mentor relationship was just, they saw something in me that I couldn't see in myself yet. Yep. Yep. Yet. That's the, that's the best part. Um, and you know, as well as I do, a good mentor does nothing other than hold up a mirror and says, look, 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 because we don't see ourselves for how we really are. We kind of twist and contort and change, you know, what we think, but we see ourselves out of a, out of a window. We don't really take a good hard look at ourselves. Mm -hmm. A good mentor holds up a mirror and says, look here, look how perfect, look how, look, look, look how perfect this person is. Look how perfect you are for this situation. I don't, I don't see imperfections in the mirror. I don't. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's what other people have to understand. Your failure is not an imperfection. You messed up on something great. It's, it doesn't make you a failure. Failure is a, is an event. It's not a person. Now I'll describe myself as a, as a, uh, a very gracious failure. Um, but it's really kind of more describing how I do it mm. uh, when I fail. Right. Failure is an event. It's not a quality of no. a person, right? No. That like, like no. this thing was a failure, right? No. That like, the, like earlier you were talking about the technology challenge, the camera wasn't working that the camera failed. The camera failed me and it definitely failed me, Jody. And I was ready to strike for it. All right. So, <laughs> you know, gracefully, I can't go to jail for that, but you know, it's, it's like people say, oh, I'm such a loser. No, you're not a loser. You lost. You're only mm. a loser when you quit because mm. now you've got no chance of winning. You've quit. You've quit. You know, if you fail, it doesn't, I, I get really, it just tears me up because I was from early, early age, just uber competitive. I, I just wanted to see how good I could be. Mm. I, I didn't really care what you were doing, but I was going to notice what you were doing. And then I was going to do it a little bit better just because that was me. That was how I was, I guess, came out. I don't, I don't know. But I, I, people that say things like, oh, I'm such a loser. I'm such a failure. I'm like, oh, honey, like, where did that come from? Like, who told you that? Who lied to you? Mm -hmm. You're not, you're not. Um, and, and I think more women and especially in leadership positions or in, in roles of influence just need to wrap their head around it. You know, you're not a loser. You're not a failure. Failure might happen. Yes. Losing might happen. Yes. Winning is still out there. Mm -hmm. Right. And you, you have to define what a win looks like. What is winning to you? Is winning getting up five minutes earlier? Great. You won today. Is winning, you know, flat ironing your hair when you know it's going to rain outside. You're probably going to fail right there. You probably are. But like, if that's a win to you, great. Did you, you know, eat a salad instead of fast food? Great. Find a win and it's stacking those small wins. And it goes back to what we talked about. Confidence is my memory of a previous success. Stack a bunch of small wins. And when you stack them all up and put them together, now you got a bunch of memories saying, okay, I could do that. I can do that. I can do that. And now it's just easy. I, I get people ask me all the time, like, did you just wake up confident? I'm like, no, I woke up knowing today is going to be fine no matter what, because I've made it through all the worst days I've ever had.
Mental fitness is your capacity to respond to life's challenges with a positive rather than a negative mindset. What diminishes your mental fitness is internal saboteurs. Saboteurs are the voices in your head that generate negative emotions in the way you handle life's everyday challenges. They represent automated patterns in your mind for how to think, feel, and respond. They cause all of your stress, anxiety, self-doubt, frustration, restlessness, and unhappiness. There are 10 different saboteurs, but not everyone is impacted by the same ones. There's a combination of two to four saboteurs that are likely more familiar to you. Are you curious to know which saboteurs are impacting your performance, wellness, and relationships, and how they do so? To take the saboteur assessment, go to positiveintelligence.com forward slash saboteurs. You can also find the link in the episode description right in your podcast app. It's hyperlink, so you can click right on it. You can also reach out to me afterwards for an insight session if you'd like to dive deeper into your results. So again, to take the saboteur assessment, go to positiveintelligence.com forward slash saboteurs and find out exactly what you need to do to overcome your saboteurs. There's two different directions I want to go right now. So oh, let me... We're going to fork in the road. Bring it on, Jenny. Let me, let's go. Let's go back first because I eventually want to get to... Um, breaking down quitting, but that that's towards, towards the end. So we talked about, um, getting to that place of confidence, but action is required first. And before action, sometimes we need courage. And it sounds like from what you're saying, there's a few different ways we can tap into that courage, right? We can listen to people who see things in ourselves that we're not seeing yet and trust them, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. They see this ability in me. They, they see that I can do great things, okay, I'm going to, I'm scared, but I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to trust this person because they're important to me or the relationship is there and, and I'm going to give it a go. Or it can come from like, maybe you just have small wins and you think, okay, now I'm building some momentum. I'm still scared, but I'll, I'll give it a go. Are there any other places we can tap into courage or any other way we need to, to look at courage to, to use it more? as a, as a, um, tool. That, that's a great question. I'd, I'd probably have to think about that because the way that I've always operated is I could outwork myself down. I felt like I could outwork it. I, I, you know, if I really broke the problem down or the issue down and, and into small bites, I could outwork it. And that's how I got stronger as an athlete. If I, if I wanted to lift a certain amount of weight, I didn't start out trying to lift that weight. I started out small and I got better and then I moved up and I got better. So I always felt like I could outwork my doubt. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just athlete brain. Yeah. Um, but when it comes to, when it comes to courage, I, I guess that for me, like you said, you, you have to trust the people around you. But for me, I had to trust myself. Mm. I, 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 I love pouring into other people and i I used to love that when I was coaching athletics, but I, I can't, I can't reach inside of you and pull it out. I, I can't, I, I want to, cause if I could, I'd, you know, be coaching in the NBA and doing all the, I mean, I, you just can't do it. It's not, 
It's not something I can give you. It's not something I can take away from you. Courage is hard. Mm-hmm. Um, but then at, at the same time, like, what are you really trying to muster up courage to do? Yeah. It's like you said earlier, like, well, what is win? What is a success, right? Even if you fail, did you get something out of the experience? Did you move something? Did you make progress? Did you hope to move something forward? I think sometimes like breaking down the wind to like, it all goes perfectly to, (laughs) I I just want some experience or I just want an opportunity to see what it's like. And I'm, 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 I always struggle or I tend to struggle. Well, I don't want to say always, but I tend to struggle when people say, well, I don't have the courage to go ask for a raise. Let me explain something to you. That's not courage. Courage is what it takes to leave an abusive relationship. Courage is what it takes. You know, there's, there's a difference. Mm -hmm. This isn't courage to go and ask for, you know, what you deserve, what you've earned and what you rightfully should be getting rather than, you know, something that's causing you physical harm or mental, you know, there's a lot of different ways that people look at it. And so kind of like, I I get a little frustrated when people call athletes heroes, they're not heroes, they're not, we're not, you know, curing cancer, like we're playing a game, we're not saving lives, we're playing a game, you know? So it's, it's always hard for me in these conversations, because people say, Oh, I just don't have the courage to do it. Is it courage? Mm-hmm. Is it is it courage or is it just reluctance? What what are what are you? Mm-hmm. Or is there differences between courage and bravery? Exactly. Like what is it? And I think sometimes people find words to be synonymous and they're not. Mm-hmm. And that's what's hard for me. Um, and this is go back to what I said earlier. Big dork kind of nerdy. So when they use words that aren't synonymous, I'm like, no. Yeah. Please don't make me do this. Like, don't do that. Don't. Yeah. My boyfriend, who's an English teacher, like <laughs> we often talk about how words, words are important. Words change the meaning of things or, or words can, can confuse. Um, speaking of which you brought me right here. I love it. Quitting. Okay. Yeah. So what I heard you saying earlier, because I was brought up, you know, I, I have my mom's voice ringing in my ear. Don't be a quitter. <laughs> Don't be a quitter, right? That sort of thing. But then there are nuances. So let's talk about words. There's there's retiring, there's pivoting, and there's quitting. And when I hear quitting in what and kind of in the context of what you were sharing, wasn't so much deciding, okay, this avenue isn't for me anymore. That's more pivoting. Mm-hmm. Quitting is when you quit on yourself. I agree 100 percent Quitting is is when you are just basically casting aside all of your skills, experiences, all of your unique thoughts, all of who you are. You're just casting it aside and saying it's not worth it. That to me is quitting. That to me is quitting. And you know, pivoting, redirecting, however you want to look at your career, your personal life, whatever you you can give up on a lot of things. You can just say, oh, I don't like this job. I'm going to do this or this, you know, boyfriend's not serving me. Not yours. Okay. I'm sure he's wonderful. <laughs> but like, you, you just can't kind of discard you. And that's to me what quitting really is. You're discarding all of your transferable skills, all of your life experiences, all of the things that make you you to do what? To fit a certain who you think other people think you should be. I don't know. I, I never really bought into that. I never really bought into that. 
I, I may, you know, move on from a job. I may change careers. I may, you know, give up pursuing a new house. I might. I'm not going to quit on me. I'm not. I, I can't. I'm all I got. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Okay. Now I'm in, now I'm inspired. All right. We're, all right. we're, we're a little ways out from the main women's conference and your, your uh-huh. keynote address there, but are there any things that you've already been kicking around some ideas? What, what are you excited about anything in regard to that? I, I'm, I'm just excited to talk to that one person that I was intended to reach and I don't know who it is. And, and that's the way I go into any keynote that I have, whether I'm in front of hundreds or thousands, or maybe it's just a room of five. There's one person in that room that I'm supposed to reach, and I don't know who it is. And that's my favorite part. There, there's somebody who had their heart broken, but their eyes opened. And it's my job to stand there in front of them and tell them that it's going to be all right. It is, you know, that's, that's what keeps me doing what I do. Um, if I can walk off that stage, knowing that one life is going to breathe easier than I did my job. Mm -hmm. I get a feeling you're going to be holding up a mirror for everyone to just get a better look at who they really are and not the self doubts that they've been carrying around. You know, my, my favorite thing and and mirrors kind of bring back childhood memories for me. So my earliest memory of my mom golly. And it's crazy when people, I can't believe you remember that. I do. It's just etched in my brain. I was probably a toddler. I was probably that small. And my mother would sit me in front of the mirror and say, she's the best one. You're the best one. I don't know what that means, but I remember it. I'm 47 and my mother still says that to me. You're the best one. You're the, you're the best one, but she still says it to my brother. So I'm not sure how deleted that. (laughs) She, she would say that, but she wouldn't, you know, qualify it with you're the best this, you're the best this, you'd say you're the best one. And that's all it takes is to be one, one person to believe in you, one person to speak life into you, one person to stand up and say, hey, this isn't right. One person to encourage you, one person to make a phone call. You just have to be that one. Right. I can't do everything, but I can do something. In your own life, you're the one. In my life, I am the one. I am. And my mother spoke that into me from early on. And I I watch her do it now with her grandkids. And she's gone from being mom to Gigi, which is the best transition for her ever. Um, She was a lifelong educator and poured into other people's children. And my father was the COO, president of a Fortune 500. So I have a business kind of acumen. That's my background with education and business. And then my mother had this unique ability to just remind you, you are that one. You, you, you were born special. You were born unique. Her, her phrase is you have a signature strength. And it was her job to let me discover it, find it decide if I wanted to walk in it, decide if I wanted to walk away from it. She was just so empowering and just her presence was that way. So that's what I hope to be and have kind of aspired to be my whole life. Can I just be that one? Just one. I I always wanted to be, if you were going to describe me as anything, I wanted you to describe me as reliable. 
you could count on me to be that one. Whatever that one was to you, I was going to be that one. Truth teller, joke teller, somebody to go have a drink with, somebody to go to church with. I'm that one. I'm your one. Doesn't matter. Um, But most importantly, from early on, I knew I was that one for me. Mm, That's beautiful. Okay. For those of you listening, a (laughs) a message from Gigi. Message and really listen to this. Yeah. In your life, you are the one. Mm-hmm. Whatever that means to you, in your life, you are the one. Mm-hmm. Brittany. The best one. The, the best, best one. one. You are the best one. And, you know, you, you got to bring it down and do your best Southern accent there, Jody. You're the best one, baby. You are. <laughs> And I'm going to practice that. You're the best one, baby. You are. And if you think you're not, then bless your heart because someone has lied to you. Oh my God. That's beautiful. Brittany, I'm excited to see you do this in person in front of a crowd. I don't know how this is going to play in Maine. I've only been there twice. Um, you went to, got to visit Stephen King's home, which was terrifying and awesome at the same time. And I uh, got to play basketball at the University of Maine, which was wonderful. I can't tell you how excited I am. I can't tell you how confused I am about what I'm about to walk into <laughs> and, and how I'm, I'm going to get there. I'm working on my flight and everything, but it. I'm. in case you can't tell, I'm just kind of humbled about it and stoked and nervous and it's going to be awesome and terrifying and fun. So it's yeah. going to be amazing. <laughs> and Maine can't wait to welcome you back. So in the it. meantime... Um, I'm going to go into detail in just a minute for everyone on how to get your tickets and that sort of thing, whether you're in Maine, going to be vacationing in Maine, buy a ticket, come to Maine. Um, you definitely want to check out Brittany in person, but Brittany, in the meantime, how can people connect with you? What's the, where's the best place to find you? Oh gosh, it, whatever you need. You can catch me on LinkedIn. It's just, uh, Brittany Zell. Obviously my Instagram is the same. I didn't get real creative with it. My website is brittanyzell.com or heck if somebody absolutely wanted it, I'd give you my cell number. I'm not going to do it right here. Cause I don't know your reach. All right. But, <laughs> yeah. um, Maybe not. <laughs> they can ask you and I'll give it to them. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty open and I will always respond. Awesome. Always respond. Yeah. Brittany, I'm thrilled. And thank you so much for taking the time to inspire and enlighten us. We are all better for having met you. You are a doll. Thank you so much. I'm excited. I'm excited. What was your biggest takeaway from my conversation with Brittany? Head on over to LinkedIn to share your thoughts and takeaways on the post corresponding with this episode and spread the word by sharing this episode with a friend. And also a reminder, Dr. Brittany Azell will be a keynote speaker at the Maine Women's Conference on October 25th in Portland, Maine. So if you liked what she had to say here, you want to spend more time with her and meet her in person, I'm going to encourage you to buy your ticket to the Maine Women's Conference. The link to get your ticket is in the notes for this episode. So again, scroll down to access that link and be sure to use the code in the notes as well to get 10% off at checkout. I will be speaking at the Maine Women's Conference as well. So I am looking forward to seeing you there.